Well, first things first, you are often wrong, and let's <laughs> let's let's chat about that just for a little bit. Um, no, you you are often wrong, but you're not wrong in this instance. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 171 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the Baron of Badass Branding, the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? Feeling pretty badass today, my friend. I'm back in the office. Um, you, you know, we've been talking about it quite a bit. I've been traveling quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, though I, I enjoy traveling, I, mm-hmm. boy, did I ever enjoy sleeping in my own bed last night. So I am rested and feeling good, my friend. How are you? I am doing great. I'm, I'm, it's always good to sleep in your own bed, um, especially when, you know, you've been on the road. That, that yeah. is an exhausting thing, and you and I both do do a bit of travel. So uh, kind of kind of understand that. And I'm about to be out of my bed for a while, so yeah. it'll be very, very interesting. So I have we have someone to thank. Yes. That'll be our good friends at Bam Bams. Love it. No, you've checked out their custom headwear program, but I don't know if all of our listeners have really taken advantage of that. Yeah. If you haven't, it's fully custom caps designed by your team or their team. Really doesn't matter. And it's going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or less from sample approval. And, and Kirby, I even have better news for you. What's that, Bill? Thank you for asking. Bam Bams has added factors in Vietnam, so they are not, and I repeat not, that's spelled N-O-T, not <laughs> going to be impacted by the tariffs moving forward. So, Kirby, Stocker Custom, let Bam Bams be your first and only thought for custom branded headwear for people. That's awesome. I'm, I, I really am. I enjoy the, the styles of hats that they have, and so it's, it's a good program for sure. It really is. It really is. So, Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at a platinum level today? Oh, platinum. We're going back to platinum. I think we should. It's the OG. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I'm down. All right. Uh, Why don't you start us off with the topic today? Okay, cool. Um, So, uh, as you and I were talking about it before uh, we started recording here today, I just got back from uh, a couple of OPA events. OPA! Yeah, I'm a, a fairly new board member on the OPA board, and they're, they're telling me I can only say I'm a new board member for so long, but I will say I still feel new. Like, I don't sure. feel like I know what's going on yet. You're still factory fresh. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I smell it. Anyway. Um, Okie dokie. So that'll wrap up this edition of Unscripted, <laughs> folks, as we get all very uncomfortable with Kirby's analogy. <laughs> so... I wanted to just uh, tell you about the event real quick and talk about my takeaways from it. It was yeah. uh, so, so these were two events. They did a uh, one in Columbus, Ohio, one in Cleveland. They're end user shows, mm-hmm. and um, they one was at the Columbus Zoo, one was at the Cleveland Zoo, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was it was really interesting to just see how it, how the, the sausage is made, for lack of a better term. Sure. I, even before I've been a board member, I think, you know, LaDonna from OPA, the executive director, has uh-huh. always said, we, we tend to support all these events. We go to them. Right. But this is one we hadn't because we do our own end user show. And so it was cool to see all the behind the scenes. And, you know, it was one of those where I had three takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, super imp- super easy, God, there's some amazing people that work on these these yeah, events. Yeah. I mean, not only from uh, uh, you know LaDonna and the the executive team over mm-hmm. there, 
the the board. They're it's been great to get to know some of these folks, both distributors and suppliers, right. and they they truly and they work hard. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like I, I mean, I kind of knew that, but to see it up close and then to be on the traveling circus that was mm-hmm. that, it was like, man, I got home last night and I was tired. Um, so oh, that I bet. was. And then the, the the final thing that I thought was funny and I was brought up. So this was an end user show, and this mm-hmm. is the part where I sort of want your take. Okay. Um, so one of the things that they kind of communicated in advance is that all the distributors they said, look, if you are coming and bringing clients, don't wear logoed apparel. Okay. Don't be handing out business cards. Don't whatever. Right. And they even asked at the Columbus show. They said, look, we don't want your customers to have logo mm-hmm. logos on either. Okay. So that was, as I was kind of a, a bystander at that point, because once the show got started, mm-hmm. I was, though, and I want to be careful here because I'm not critiquing the OPA board because they're they're doing that because that's been requested of them. That's the, you know, people have yeah. loudly shouted from the corner that we don't want people stealing our clients. Well, sure. I think it's dumb. Okay. Like, I, I don't, I, I truly don't understand it. And, and to be fair, I voiced that. And by the next day, they kind of, like, we made a, a decision as a board to not be as stringent about it. But we're in the business of logos. And if you are afraid someone's going to steal your client because they come to an end user show, don't bring them. Like, I think that's one of the backwards ways that our industry has to evolve. There are other people who sell pens in our industry. Your clients know that. And the idea that we didn't want clients to wear logos is, it seems even more silly to me. So I want, but but I'm often wrong. So I wanted your take on this about what do you think about that from an end user show perspective? Well, first things first, you are often wrong, and let's <laughs> let's let's chat about that just for a little bit. Um, no, you you are often wrong, but you're not wrong in this instance. As okay. I as I you know as we talk about when I when you're talking, I generally close my eyes so I can really focus and hear your words and as you paint the picture, and and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, um, <laughs> bar none. I mean. Uh, it, it brings me back to when I see people post on yes, Facebook exactly and, they, what I thought of. <laughs> and they block out the State Farm logo on a pen because, God forbid, anybody else realizes State Farm buys logoed writing instruments. <laughs> it's exact, so, By the way, that's exactly the example I used. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Um, but here's the thing. If you're that concerned that by shepherding your client through an end-user trade show and they are going to be so transfixed by logo to apparel of your competitor. Is that really your client to begin with? I right. mean, really, I, I, I'm sorry. It's just we, we still have this, you know how I, I always view this industry. It is built on uh, the foundation of complete paranoia and mild alcoholism. And right. this files under the, the former, not the latter. We still have this paranoia of... In this veil of secrecy we like to surround ourselves with. We don't want anybody else to know what we're doing. I think that's slowly changing. Yes. Um, you know, well, I, I, think, I think it's an example that by the second day we had – and I want to be super clear, Bill, because yeah. I don't want to feel like I'm taking shots at, at the OPA board that I'm a member of because they were just responding to what they'd been – by the the – the people in the in the association. Uh, oh, I understand that, and yeah, that is yeah. that that is the board's job is to yep. serve its members. So, by by considering that request, 
um, they are, or at least having an, an intelligent discussion about that request, you're serving the membership. So I think that's smart. Um, you know, this is where I can, I would say, as having been a member of many boards, yeah. I wish the board had, and again, I don't know all the details, but I can probably figure most of them out, had a little more of a backbone and say, that's ridiculous. Well, and I think that's um, where it's moving toward. And, and I, I said, agree. And I said to, to several people, I'm like, we're legislating to the one or two voices that are the complete paranoia, as opposed to the most, everybody I talked to who was a distributor was like, no, that's, you know, we, we should be uh, more transparent in the supply chain and all that sort of thing. So I think it, no. the good news is, is literally in the course of a day, yeah. There was an evolution of that, but I, I guess but, I'm saying it for the the rest of our industry. Yeah. Can we please just like State Farm well, buys pens? Well, here's the thing. It's a, it's a here's the thing. It's a big calorie burn to have to have that discussion. Yes. When when a good portion of people are like, why are we having this discussion? Well, um. And so what, I mean, and, what, and you, go sorry. Ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I apologize. It, I um, apologize too. Everybody, we apologize for that <laughs> lack, that lack of that smooth Bill and Kirby uh, back and forth you've come to love. We had a little bit of a misstep there. Kirby, continue, please. So it made me think of like a week or two before I'm at SKU Camp. Mm -hmm. where distributors from all over the country are sharing how to grow each other's business mm -hmm. <laughs> in a completely transparent way. And then you go to this uh, where um, certain distributors who don't have that same mentality are driving behavior. And I'm like, we gotta, yeah. we, we gotta, we gotta move toward the other. <laughs> and, and so that was, that was my, uh, and, but other than that, the event, I can't get over how well organized and how well run it was. And so it was, well, it was good. To be clear, I, I agree with you. I really, 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 really do. And it's just, it's really kind of a shame that there, there's, we still have to have that conversation. I do think we're moving more towards the rising tide lifts all boats perspective. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, it's just sad, I think, when people think, I shall, can, I, I shall build loyalty by preventing my clients <laughs> from realizing that my competition exists. That right. seems like a really poor long-term and short-term strategy of success. Well, and it, because some, some, just a few of your clients have this new thing called the internet. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> they might know that your competition exists. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just it's just interesting. All right, no, good good topic. Sounds like it was a good show. I know LaDonna and, and you on the board and Kara Keister, quite a few people. So that's that's awesome. Good stuff. Good cool. stuff. All right, Kirby. Don't know if you saw this yesterday, which is Wednesday, as we're recording this, Wednesday, October the 2nd. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Proforma announced something that I thought was kind of interesting. I did not see um, it. So Proforma has invested quite a bit of money in, in their technology platform, which a lot of companies are doing these days, right? right? They're really trying to make sure, you know, because that's really the fastest segment, growing segment of the distributor model. You know, distributors are growing at about 8%, but the online is growing by about 18% a year, okay? okay. Mm -hmm. And so smartly, they have... Uh, Greg and Vera Muzillo have invested quite a bit of money in their technology platform. Mm -hmm. And they've actually announced a special event at PPAI okay. um, where it's an invite-only um, situation. Um, and the speaker is going to be Steve Wozniak. Wow. Uh, the co <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, right? Whoa. Um, the co-founder of, of Apple. And 
as I, I look at the invitation and I, I look at you know what, what's been posted online in, in full transparency, I actually had a conversation with uh, Greg Musillo. He, he had called earlier this week kind of to ask how the promo NBA thing was, and it was a very lovely gesture, and, and I really appreciated that. Um, they really seem, and when I say they, I mean Proforma, seems to really be positioning themselves as a technology provider, hmm. which uh, I'd love your thoughts on. I have thoughts on it, but I'd love your thoughts on it. If you would like to formulate them, I'll go first. No, it's fine. I, I, my, I'll just give you my initial reaction. Number one, I, I guess now that you mentioned, I'd seen that there was going to be an event at, at uh, PPAI. Mm-hmm. And um, because I feel like sort of I have the technology piece taken care of, I didn't dig super deep into it. Right. I, I will say that the idea of having Wozniak speak is that's a move. Yeah. <laughs> like my my initial reaction is still my reaction, which is yeah. whoa, that's an investment. And I think that's my invet my my thought is it shows how Proforma is is wanting to position themselves in that yeah. we do everything first class, mm-hmm. so this platform is probably first class. Well, and and, and you know, I don't know exactly how much money's been invested, but I know it's millions, and, and I'm sure it's. Uh, I have not seen the, the platform, yeah. um, but I just thought, what a, what a smart move by a a traditional. Yes. Um, a, a, a distributor of both print and promo. They do both. Yep. Um, but what a what a bold move to really say we're redefining who we are. And um, I think it was just really interesting, like I said, and a very smart move to make that technology play as we try to get more young people in, in the industry. Um, technology is going to be more important. And so I think it was a smart move. And, and again, wow, with Wozniak, right? I mean, that's pretty yeah. pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. And I think I think a lot of the other distributors will, will take notice of that. Um, yeah. It will take real notice of that. So I just, like I said, it, I, it's newsworthy. Wanted yeah, to get sure. your opinion. When I when I saw the the, the, uh, the uh, revelation yesterday, I was like, okay, so that got my attention. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I am now. I am now listening. Yeah, yeah. No, that's well done. And again, if you're going to make a splash, make a splash. And yeah, yeah. that's that. That's it, well done. Well, I agree. and what's interesting, and you don't see Wozniak speak a lot, right? So yeah. I, I don't. It's very interesting. I'm I'm very curious about all this, and in, in in a very positive way. I'm real curious about it, though. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That's a, awesome. that's a big splash. Kirby, do you have another topic for us? Yeah, I guess I'll keep it in the. Um, keep it in the idea of the travel piece. So I've been uh-huh. on the road a lot. And one of the things that I've found is, you know, you st- my style, I've, I've started to notice some, some holes in my communication when I'm on the road. Mm-hmm. And because I was on the road so much, I was only in the office nine days in September. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I said October 1st and October 2nd, I'm out of the office, right? Right. And so um, you start to notice, okay, that's where the gaps are. And I think the initial reaction whenever any, any balls drop for anybody is you go, oh, and you start to get frustrated with how things are rolling. Mm-hmm. But then I quickly was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is my fault. Right. Um, and one of the things that I realized is my style around here, I think, sort of by accident, but it's just that I'm a pretty social creature, mm-hmm. is that every time I get a break, my quote unquote management style, if there is one, is I sort of manage by walking around. Okay. Like I, I get up, I um, check in with each person multiple times a day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it, you and I have talked about, I'm not a big believer in reviews because mm-hmm. I'm talking to my, my uh, team every day mm-hmm. repeatedly. Um, they, they know generally how I feel about what's right. going on. That being said, mm-hmm. that 
doesn't work if you're not in the office to walk around. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and yep. I've seen that as gaping holes in my communication with my team. Now, you know, obviously there was parts of my time where I was on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I think that part trying to, de, uh, you know, kind of unplug makes sense. But during the time where I was working but on the road, I, I noticed that I wasn't doing a good job of being consistent in, mm-hmm. in my communication. Yeah. And I, I wonder if, because you travel for business a lot, mm-hmm. I wonder if you struggle with that or if you have sort of systems in place to do it. I, I continually struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get, you know, I, the thing I struggle with, and I think you do as well at times, I keep keep finding myself working in the business and not on the business. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and so that's a continual struggle for me. So, you know, you and I absolutely disagree on this, on the review thing. I do right. believe in a formal annual review and probably because, I think it's important everybody knows where they stand. Sure. Uh, what are you doing well? What aren't you doing well? And it doesn't have to be an adversarial conversation. To me, it's a. To me, it's a. Hey, let's let's work together to um, make both of us individually better, but make the organization better as a result. So, um, I do believe in in the annual review, but I don't believe in a combative one and one where somebody has to fill out some weird form. It says, you know, we'll rank yourself on one to five on timeliness and cleanliness and whatever. Um, because <laughs> cleanliness. then, you, well, then you get those weird comments. It's like, well, you know, you rated yourself a five. I rated you a four on punctuality because we just don't give anybody fives. You hear <laughs> yeah. stupid crap like that. I don't believe in that. What I believe is what are the three main parts of your job that you do? And, and how do you think we can improve that? How can we make your job life a little easier? What do you, what, what's not working for you? So to me, I find those conversations to be more of, I believe in you as a person. It's never, you know, I don't want, unless it's a cultural conversation, that's a completely different one. But assuming there's no cultural issue, to me, those conversations are always, let's figure out how do we make the business work better. Right. Work better for you as an individual and work better for the company. But I do find myself, to get back to your original point, Kirby, I do find myself when I travel, um, sometimes I feel out of touch. Yeah. In fact, what's interesting is um, I actually, you know, I'm going out of town here in a week, and I don't know if we'll talk about that or not. doesn't matter. But I, I ask people to make sure to please copy me on emails. Um, and, and what we've, because what I found is right now, a lot of people are going direct to the source in the organization, which is, Hey, it's the quickest way to get something done. But then someone, I may find out something down the road that I wasn't even aware of. And I feel out of the loop. And, and that's happened to a couple people in the organization. And again, it's, it's nothing, no bad intentions, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. (laughs) And so I've said, I've asked everybody, we need to start copying each other on emails and then when I'm out of the office for an extended period of time, I have my three direct reports um, at the Friday before I come back to the office on the Monday. If you could just send me kind of a right for five minutes, just highlights of the week, what am I walking back into? Right. So I don't pepper you with a bunch of questions. This is your opportunity to manage me. Don't let right. the tail wag the dog. And so it's really – that's how I've tried to really institute more communication and defining, hey, when, it, when um, an email is a carbon copy, that is an FYI only. Um, if I need clarification, I'll reach out to that person or whatever. So I try to do it that way, but I do, I do struggle with it. Yeah. I, I think what I've figured out for me in the last – again, last month, month and a half uh-huh. is I'm like I need to schedule time where I just call in. Yeah. Um, and I have not done that, I, you know, and um, – 
same thing. Like, I just need to be more intentional. Yeah. I think, especially at an event like this end user show we were just at, I mean, you are running. I mean, we were at the event at 7, 7.30 each morning. It would go till when it would go till. And then it's like, okay, we're meeting for cocktails in an hour. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So you run back, throw some water on your face yeah. and head back down. And then by the time, you know, all the stuff's over, everybody's gone for the day. And so I just need to build time in on purpose. I, I agree. And one of the things I really struggle with on the road is being responsive to emails. Yeah. Um, I will look at an email. Okay, I'll get to that later. Yes. And, and so and, and, and I don't want to touch an email more than once, but sometimes I find myself touching it, honestly, six, eight times, which is right. super uh, inefficient. And so um, what I've asked people to do, if there's something I need to really pay attention to, just put in the subject line, please read. Yes. Uh, and, and, <laughs> I like I, and I will. And that really, really helps me a lot. You know what else helps me, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That would be our good friends at Turvis. They help me a lot because they have that stainless steel line uh, built upon that classic line we all know and love from their tumblers. But today I want to talk to you a little bit about that stainless line. You know, they added that to their well-established line about, about two years ago. And their goal in doing that was being better than the competition by utilizing state-of-the-art custom 360-degree UV printing. Now, Kirby, I don't know if you're familiar with the degrees of a circle, but that means an entire circle. Okay? <laughs> That's brand new news. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's available in four sizes, 12-ounce, 20-ounce, 30-ounce, and a 24-ounce water bottle. Got the five-year warranty. It's copper-lined, vacuum-insulated. Going to keep your beverage eight hours hot, which I know is great on, on a cool fall morning in Coshocton. Yep. It's going to keep your drink 24 hours cold. And you know what? You really can't go wrong with Tervis tumblers. Yeah, no, they're classic, as you said. I mean, and I think you told me they've been around since, what, 1946 or something like something that. Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. And that that tells you that your clients know what know the brand. They, they do. And so if you want to learn more, go ahead and visit TervisPromos.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Kirby, you got another topic for us, or is it my turn? It's my turn, right? It's, I think, your turn, yes. All right, so I saw an article in, on a uh, website called Marketing Land, so okay. you know it's good. <laughs> and and <laughs> the title grabbed my attention. Why marketers should embrace data privacy and not view it as an obstacle. And we all view data as kind of a, 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 a currency, right? We, we right. view data as currency. And what it suggested was embracing privacy as a value of the organization and only to collect data, and by data they mean email addresses and things like that, only collect data through content. Mm -hmm. And I love this quote. Great content allows you to earn the data instead of getting the data through trickery. And I wanted your thoughts on that. I can share mine. Let me share mine. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah, I I have strong opinions. I do too. I do too. I have visceral opinions. I love this. (laughs) Yes. By the way, yeah. um, in an era where I think all of us feel violated yeah. on almost a daily basis because you read, well, I shop at Target. Well, Target just got compromised and mm-hmm. all those things. And we feel like increasingly, at least I feel like, I have less and less privacy as a citizen of this country. I, I'm not that Big Brother's spying, but Big Brother's here, right? I, I mean, there's cameras everywhere. Um, my data is all over the internet. I, it's creepy when I go on Amazon, I browse for something, maybe I buy it, maybe I don't. And then the next website I go to, there's three other options of the product I just looked at. Yep. And, or even more creepy, I look at it on my computer and then I get on my phone and then I see that product. It makes me, I just don't understand. I don't know if there's little green men in my phone making all that happen. I'm very confused by it. 
So the, you know, with so much data being exposed, I think this is a real differentiator. If you really try, you know, I know it's something you and I have really felt for a long time. So I th- I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me. You earn the data by providing value first. Yep. Yeah. No. I. So I. I'd love to give credit because you know the the first person who I heard explain this in a more intelligent way than I will is Seth Godin. He. Yeah. You know, permission based marketing is a thing that he's been talking about for twenty years. And the most valuable form of marketing is consumed voluntarily. Yeah. And so it's served up to people who actually want to to consume it. And mm-hmm. um, it's something that I'm not perfect at, but that I work at. It's the reason when when people always say to me, how do you create um, so much content? I'm like, because I think it's important. And then they just kind of look at me. I'm like, if it's important, I make the time. It's a little bit like saying, well, I don't have time to write an order to mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, that, that seems silly because you're like, but that's how you, I don't have time to make cold calls. I don't have time to do this. Well, okay, then you're, then you don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, if I create valuable content on a regular basis, then right. people will reach out. Not only will they reach out and subscribe so that you get the data on, on your, um, in your marketing feed, in your funnel mm-hmm. or whatever, but I find that over time, then they call you when it's time. Like, okay, I'm in a place where I need your expertise. Right. You've provided me so much value. I will actively reach out to you and set it up. And so that's that's 100%. I, I literally couldn't agree with it more. Yeah, and I couldn't either. And it kind of what it leads into in our industry. Um, if we take Seth Godin's uh, quote, which I and the only reason I remember the quote so well Obviously, I believe in it, but I just used it at an end-user presentation last week at, in the, at the Michigan Promotional Product Association. Is that you know the most effective forms of marketing are volu- are consumed voluntarily? That's what makes promotional products so damn awesome. Yes, because agreed. because you're giving some some somebody something of value. Maybe it's a service tumbler. Maybe <laughs> it's a custom hat from Bam Bams or whatever whomever whatever it is. It's something that's useful. And, yeah. and it's the same thing why content, and you and I are fervent believers in, in delivering value through content. Um, it's how I built my business before uh, I sold it to Promo Corner. It's how you built a lot of things you do over at Hosman Marketing Communications. And so I, I just love the idea, though, that we're not going to try to, to get your data without giving you value first. I actually just love that, and I knew you would, too. Yeah, cool, man. Awesome. Well, I think we're at the time of this lovely podcast, Kirby, where we talk about our promo person of the week. All right. And that's designed, as you know, to highlight that one person in the promo industry that's grabbing our attention, making us sit up and take notice. Kirby, who is your promo person of the week? Promo person of the week this week is someone I got to spend some time with this week. Uh, Her name is Kara Keister. Mm -hmm. Kara is the, um, she's the current president of the OPA board. She also works at Social Good Promotions with our buddy Roger Burnett. Mm -hmm. And what I found about Kara is I think that, you know, OPA lived in a place of transition uh, Mm -hmm. for a couple years there. Um, She has kind of uh, been the president, I think, a little bit longer than is normal so Mm -hmm. that there could, so the ship could be righted financially, leadership wise, all that sort of thing. And I, now that I'm sitting in on some of these meetings, I get to see what a tight ship she runs. Right. Um, she is uh, she's a detail person. She's a doer. And I also and then you add that to the fact that I just love what they're doing. You've talked about Roger in the past about mm-hmm. the the idea of just creating good mm-hmm. and and using our platform to elevate other people, elevate right. uh, nonprofits, 
and just push out good into the world. So I was I was blown away this week. I got to spend some time with Kara and uh, definitely got a lot out of that. So my promo awesome. person of the week is Kara Keister. Well, I, I wish I could have delivered. I saw her last week at the MIPA show because she was up there helping out. No, I wish I would have known this. I would have br- I would have packed. <laughs> the box of virtual high fives. And I would have given it to her in person, but right. um, because we don't know who each other's promo person of the week is, I couldn't do that. But yeah. in any event, Kara, many congratulations from all of us here at the home office of the Unscripted Podcast. Now, Kirby, <laughs> now is the time we talk about the best thing ever. Yes. I'm and I, I think I've got a fun one today. I think I know your answer. Okay. Are you ready? I, I, I hope so. Best amusement park ever. Which is it? Cedar Point. Knew it. <laughs> uh, no, you know, and let's be super clear. I'm not a big uh, amusement park guy. Um, I will ride rides occasionally. My wife does not ride any rides. She is the least adventurous person I know. I think I scare the hell out of her most of the time. Um, but I, I just, I mean, the reality of it is if you are into roller coasters, Cedar Point is your place. I mean, they've got some of the most and some of the best uh uh, roller coasters and rides in the country, not just in Ohio. So right. I'm going Cedar Point on my I, I knew you'd go Cedar Point, and yes. I know it's known for its rickety roller coasters. I got that. Um, <laughs> no, rickety's Kings Island. <laughs> yeah, trust me on that one. I know. I, 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 so I'm going to say you're wrong. Of course. Um, no, actually, they're not wrong. I, I've, I've heard great things about Cedar Point. I've never been, so I can't really yep. judge it. Um I'm going to go Six Flags over Texas, and okay, probably I think we're probably gravitating toward the amusement parks of our youth. Yes, I agree. Um, so I'm going to say that one, but I have a secondary one. So the reason Six Flags, um, it started in Texas, and Aaron, there was a huge one um, in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Uh, now pretty close to where uh, Jerry Jones's Death Star is, where the Cowboys play. <laughs> <laughs> um, but great, great, uh, what a love about the Six Flags content, concept is it's six different countries because Texas at some point had Six Flags over it. Okay. Mexico, France, Spain, um, United States, obviously the Confederacy, and then also Texas was its own country. And so it's divided into those Six Flags. And so you have a Mexican area and you have a French area and all these things. So it's very cool. Um, and so I always like that concept. But there, my secondary one is before we moved to Texas when I was a young kid, there was a great old place in Chicago. It was called Old Chicago, and it's an indoor amusement park. Because oh, that's interesting. Yeah, gone for decades, I think. But I do remember that as a pretty cool one as well. Generally, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I think I've said uh, very clearly on this podcast, I'm not a big roller coaster guy. I'll do them. But I don't like rides that simulate death. That's just not something I'm super interested in. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of the funnel cake. So yeah. my days of really enjoying amusement parks are over. Um, I go with the, you know gone with the kids a few times, but uh, I think uh, Cedar Point is a great, great choice. Do you know what else is a great choice, Kirby? What's that, Bill? I'm so glad you asked. Thank you for asking so much for asking the question you asked. Anytime. It's at Bam Bam's custom headwear program, you know, fully <laughs> custom caps designed by your team, their team. It doesn't matter. You could have it designed by a team over at Six Flags at Cedar Point or maybe even old Chicago if they were still around. doesn't matter because it's going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or less from sample approval. And so even better news, Kirby, as I talked about earlier, they have added factories in Vietnam, so they're not going to be impacted by the tariffs moving forward. And that's a very smart, strategic foresight play by the good goods at Bam Bam. So stock or custom, let Bam Bams be your first and only thought for custom headwear for your head. 
Kirby, thank you for podcasting so hard with me this morning. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.